Come on. Welcome to Money Savage, a savage approach to personal finance. This is George Grumbacher, and the time is right. Welcome to today's guest, the strong and powerful Marv Feldman. Marv, are you ready to do this? I am ready. Don't know about strong and powerful, but I am ready. <laughs> Excellent. Let's do this. Marv is the president and CEO of Life Happens, a nonprofit organization whose mission is to inspire the public to take personal financial responsibility through the ownership of life insurance and related products. I'm excited to have you on. Marv, tell us a little bit about your personal life, some more about your work, and why it is you do what you do. Well, George, I've been in the business for 52 years. My dad started our insurance and financial planning organization way back in 1938, and we're now in our third generation in the family business. Some years ago, I decided that I wanted to give back to the industry more, and at that point, I was serving as a volunteer on the Life Happens board, and they asked me if I would be willing to take over as a CEO when the current individual retired. Thought it would only be for a very short period of time. Uh, Here it is. We're we're more than 11 years down the road (laughs) since I took over that position. And I thoroughly enjoyed giving back to the industry and helping people understand the importance of life insurance and related products in their overall financial planning. So that's what I do. and That's what our organization does. Excellent. And I know that I've been familiar with Life Happens for as long as I've been in financial services, which is now, I suppose, 17 years. And so I can certainly vouch for the quality of the information on the site and how it's presented and uh, just what a great, valuable resource that it is. So wanted to talk to you a little bit about the realities of life insurance here in the United States. Uh, just some numbers behind it, some statistics and why you think maybe those statistics are the way that they are. Well, it's interesting in that there are so few policies being sold today versus what was being purchased 20, 30 years ago. There's almost a million fewer life insurance policies being issued today than there was 20 years ago. Nobody really understands why that is, but we do have some research that we do through Life Happens and LIMRA, which is a life insurance marketing research association. And what we try to do each year is to look at consumer attitudes and try to figure out what's happening, what they think, what the issues are, what the problems are, so that we can give that back to the industry to help them understand what the consumers are really looking for. But we know that today there's about 100 million people who own absolutely zero life insurance. And of those that actually own life insurance, you know, only a fraction of those people actually own individual insurance. So maybe three out of 10, four out of 10 own individual policies. The balance of the people have group insurance. They're really not protecting themselves and their families. If the average person has three times their income or less in life insurance, which is about where it is, you've really protected three years of income. And the question is, what are you going to do after you pay off the debts? And the family is now saying, all right, 
what can I do? How am I going to survive? How are we going to put the kids through school, et cetera? And we know that most families, within about a 30-day period after someone passes away, they start to feel the strain of not having that regular income that they're accustomed to. So it's it's an educational process. Most people think they don't need life insurance until after it's too late to get it. So you have to buy it when you when you really don't perhaps think you need it, because once you think you need it, you can't get it. It's like being a parachute jumper. You, you're you're going to put the parachute on before you jump out the door, not after you jump out the door. So it's it's really important for people to understand, and that's what we do at Life Happens, lifehappens.org, O-R-G. We try to make sure that people understand the importance of being proactive in their financial planning and in their financial journey and make sure that they understand what the products do, not just what they are. Got it. So almost one million fewer policies are being purchased or sold today. Is that every year a million fewer policies are being it's sold? A million per year fewer than what we've seen in previous years. Wow. Now, that, does, that doesn't mean, George, that the premium amount is lower. The actual premiums being generated and the death benefit, the face amount of the policies, that what's being issued is larger than what it was 20 years ago, but the pure number of policies is lower. And we need to make sure that people understand that they need to be proactive and they need to, to make sure their protection is, is in place. And they can't rely on other people and other companies to do it for them. One of the things that we saw, George, during the downturn, the economic downturn in 2008 and beyond, is a lot of people lost their group insurance because companies went out of business or they said, we can't afford to have all these benefits, and they cut them. Hmm. So people who thought they had plenty of protection all of a sudden had little or no protection because they did not own anything on an individual basis. And if if people think, well, I, I have it now, but if I leave this company, I'm going to get it someplace else, not always the case. So sometimes they find that they don't have the coverage and maybe can't get it. Right. That is such a, that's to me a, a mind-boggling statistic that a million fewer policies have been sold uh, each year than 30 years ago or 20, 30 years ago. And imagine that that, that part of that is, is, is because more offerings through employers, but I, I, I could be wrong there. I guess it really doesn't matter because the reality is the reality. And to your point, 100%, I have to imagine that when people are signing up for their benefits at work, they see, do you want life insurance? They check the box, yes. And maybe subconsciously or consciously, they think, oh, I'm all taken care of. I don't need to worry about life insurance anymore. But again, they usually are not getting the proper amount of coverage. So I guess that leads me into my question. My, my next question is, what is the right amount of coverage? How do you how do you figure that out? Now, George, that's a great question. Many, many people out there are trying to figure out how much they should should have, whether or not they need any, or if they have it, do they have too much or not enough? It used to be, if you go back to when you started in your career, that the financial institution said you should have 10 times your income in life insurance, which was probably fine when you could get 7, 8, 9, 10% rates of return on your investments. Today, if 
you can get a 3 or 4% rate of return without risk, you're doing very well. So somebody that was generating a $50,000 income, they said, all right, I need 700,000, 500 to a million of coverage. Today they need a million and a quarter to a million and a half or more to accomplish the exact same goal. And if you go back to the 9-11 situation, when, when the commission went through and tried to look at human life value to determine how much of a financial award each one of those individuals should receive, it went as high as 20, 25 times what the people actually had in, in death benefits, uh, 25 times their salaries in order to generate the true human life value. What, what we suggest is that people that have this question go to our website, www.lifehappens.org, and go to the section on calculators. And we have two calculators in there. One is human life value, so they can determine with their numbers what their human life value is worth. And what we're really talking about is all the future income going forward with an inflation factor. And the second calculator that we have in there is how much do you need? So they can go into the life insurance calculator. They can put all their own numbers in without any outside influence or direction and come up with a number that they're comfortable with based on how they've answered the questions. And that will tell them not what type of insurance, but how much insurance. And then it's really important for them to do their research, whether it's online or with an advisor or an agent, to determine what type of insurance fits their particular situation and their available cash flow. And that, that's where you need some guidance. Definitely agree. Um, and Marv, I did not realize that it was, it was after 9-11 and trying to figure out how to, I don't want to say compensate, but to a degree how to, how to compensate the victims, um, that that's where the human life value calculation came from. So I, I think that that's very interesting. Well, yeah, the, the human life value calculation has been around for a long, long time. But I think what happened is it, it had a great deal of additional validity after the commission came out and said, here's what we have determined is the true human life value for these individuals that, were, that, that died in 9-11. And that's when people started to realize having three times your income or five times your income is not sufficient. Right. You really need to have a much greater amount. In Georgia, it also depends on whether or not they, they want to liquidate the assets that they're building over a period of time or they want to live, have the families live just on the interest earnings, investment earnings of that particular asset. So two different variations on what you want to do, and, and you can play with that when you do the calculations. Got it. And I, I can definitely vouch for how useful and simple to, to, to use the calculators on lifehappens.org are. So, and I, I, I couldn't agree with you more that the starting point for life insurance is figure out what the proper death benefit or the proper amount of coverage is because you need to get that number. And then if you decide that it's term insurance or some other kind or a mixture of um, that is secondary to, number one, making sure that you have the proper coverage in place and that your family and your loved ones are taken care of should something happen to you. So, Yeah, George, one of the most common reasons for people not buying life insurance is they think it's too expensive. Mm. 
in reality, you know, buying life insurance for a young person is less expensive than going to Starbucks and buying a Starbucks coffee every single day. So most people, especially younger people, overestimate the cost of term insurance by as much as five times the true cost. So it, it's a matter of education, of understanding what's available and what they can do. And once they realize how inexpensive it is to provide that protection, there's really no question about buying it. It's just a matter of education. Got it. So once somebody does, they I, they, they say, yeah, I, I definitely need the coverage. I think that I understand how much I should have. What is the process for actually getting life insurance? There are a number of ways that individuals can access and obtain the life insurance. What we always tell people is go to friends and family first to get recommendations of agents or advisors that the family is using that are trusted advisors because they know that they're going to get good advice. Number two is to research online to determine those companies or perhaps those individuals that they'd like to reach out to and then reach out to those companies or individuals to get more information. Many companies, including Life Happens, have an agent locator, and all of those agents have agreed to a code of ethics. So if they need somebody within their zip code, they can come to our site. They can put in the zip code, and it will give you the names of people that are geographically close that, that an individual can contact. And also... Just buying it online. Many companies now have the ability for individuals to buy directly online without interacting with a face-to-face -face individual. It's, it's a very simple way to obtain coverage. It's easy to do, not always the best way, especially if you have some health issues or you have some work-related issues and you need somebody to walk you through that and tell you what your options are. But it's really a simple, easy way to do it. And in some cases with some companies, it takes a matter of days from the time you apply until you qualify for your, your policy. So it's a very expeditious way of, of accomplishing everything. Got it. Well, I think that that's excellent advice. Talking to friends and family first to find out if they've worked with somebody that they know that they trust. Doing your research online, certainly there's so many different resources and avenues for that, and maybe even buying online. So, like anything else, I think that you will find when you start typing in life insurance into Google, a million different results. So, I would really recommend everybody who's listening to do their best to find an advisor via friends and family who can help you make heads and tails of that. But that's going to be up to, up to everybody individually. So, Correct. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> all right. So we we figure out that, um, that I'm interested in buying a million dollars of life insurance. I'm a 40-year-old male. Is, it, um, is there an application process? Is there a, a medical test? How does that, how does that work? Uh, George, that's another uh, interesting question because that has changed significantly over the last several years. In some situations, you still have to fill out paper applications. You still have to go get a medical exam or they send a paramedical service to your residence or your office and they will get all the medical information and submit all that to the company for processing. Some companies are now coming out with what they call electronic applications and they're using algorithms in conjunction with 
pharmacy scripts and other information that they have access to, the Medical Information Bureau. And in some cases, they can look at that and determine that there are no medical histories they need to be concerned about. And within a matter of days, without the medical exam, they can issue the policy. And depending upon the company, that might be anywhere from a million to over $2 million of coverage that can be obtained that way. If you're applying for coverage that way, and that's even with an agent that can still be done all electronically, just be aware that if there's a question when they start obtaining the information, they reserve the right to come back and say, we need additional clarification. We'd like somebody to come do your height, your weight, your blood pressure, take a, take a, a blood test. They reserve that right, but from what I'm hearing, more than 50% of the applications that are being submitted are being approved without going through the extra steps. And that will continue to grow and, and continue to become more efficient as time goes on, and I think we'll see fewer and fewer situations where somebody actually needs to go through a full medical workup. All the data that is available is a very, very interesting thing, and it sounds like that's potentially making the life insurance underwriting process a little bit more streamlined. But Yeah, I can remember just a side story from my father when I was a young kid coming home and saying there's got to be some way for the companies to price their policy so we don't have to go through all these medical exams. And, of course, <laughs> back then there was no way to do it. Today, in fact, they can do it, and the cost of the policies is exactly the same price whether you have the medical exam or don't have the medical exam unless you're looking at pure guaranteed issue, which is a different story altogether. So it's, we're working in a world today where things are becoming much easier to obtain, much simpler to obtain, and I think while the insurance companies are like big old battleships, it takes them a long time to make that right turn and that left turn. They're they're getting that done, and over the next few years, we're going to see substantial changes. I appreciate that. And until until we get there, and even when we do get there, what I oftentimes want to stress, what I always want to stress to people is that the underwriting process for anything, if you're applying for a home loan or if you're buying an insurance product, can sometimes be stressful. So simply be patient and trust in the process. So... And, and full disclosure. And, and full disclosure? Full, full disclosure. If you withhold medical information or financial information or uh, you know, maybe you, you, you have a particular hobby that you don't want anybody to know that you're jumping out of airplanes or whatever it happens to be, you need to tell them that because it will turn up when they check all the social media and all the other things. And if you haven't told them, it's going to impact the ability for that person to obtain the coverage. So full disclosure is extremely important. I appreciate that. So where can people learn more about your work? The site that I would ask people to check out is www.lifehappens.org. That is a pure nonprofit organization. We do not endorse companies or agents or products. We don't recommend companies, agents, or products, and you can't buy anything from us. So we are strictly an educational and informational nonprofit, and we are an excellent source for people to use to get themselves up to speed to make the decisions they need to make.
Well, Marv, Savage Nation is ready for your difference-making tip. What do you have for them? A difference-making tip is to do the research online, even if you don't think you need anything. Do the research online to see where you are in, in your family life, in your career life, in your business life. Look to see what all the various options are, and then once you've done the research online, start reaching out to the various sources that you've discovered, whether that's an agent, an advisor, or an online resource, and be proactive in making your decisions. One of the things that people have said for many years now is millennials don't buy any life insurance. And that's been relatively true, but now those millennials are starting to reach the age where they're buying homes, they're having kids, they're starting businesses, they're having all of the life-changing events that the rest of us have had many years ago. So they're now coming into the insurance markets and the financial markets and they just need the education to make sure that they're making appropriate decisions. And that, that's what's important. Educate yourselves to make the decisions. That is great stuff. That definitely gets Come on. Come on. So thank you for that. Well, Savage Nation, if you enjoyed this as much as I did, show Marv your appreciation and share today's show with a friend who also appreciates good ideas. Go to lifehappens.org. And check out all the great content that is available on the site. Um, There's information about, obviously, life insurance, but there's information about disability insurance and long-term care insurance and very useful tools for helping educate and understand those products as well. So thank you again, Marv. You're quite welcome, George. And until next time, keep fighting the good fight because we're all in this together. What's up, Savage Nation? Please support the show by subscribing. Leave us a review. And definitely feel free to share us with somebody you think would like it. Come on.